let's look then at that third parable this morning. This one's the parable of the wedding feast. You have to flip over to Matthew chapter 22. We've actually looked at one that's very, very similar to this in the gospel according to Luke. But let's look at this one this morning. Let's pick up at verse 1. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out to his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite them to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they had found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man, a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen now this one i hope that i hope you're with me first one some are going to reject the father second one some are going to reject the son so what do you think the third one is some will reject the holy spirit you are invited to the wedding feast. Now, there's many servants who've been uh, sent to invite, right? Uh, they want to invite all these people to the wedding feast. I'm one of them. Uh, and in addition to these servants, the Holy Spirit has what we would call a pre-conversion role. What the Holy Spirit does is it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. It's the Holy Spirit that does something before you become a follower of Christ. Before you become a Christian, there's that something, that tugging of your heart. It's that, it's that Holy Spirit nudge, if you will. And that Holy Spirit is speaking and calling you to be saved. However, when we reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit under salvation... It is the only thing that scriptures teach that God simply cannot forgive. It's called blasphemy of the Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and wooing you to salvation and you reject the Spirit's work. Listen to Luke 12. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. 
But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. So it's hard to describe, really, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I've heard it described a lot of different ways. My personal favorite is probably that spiritual nudge. Sometimes it, it feels like guilt and shame, and sometimes it feels like, like your heart is speaking to you. And his conviction is often clear with what we know we should do. But our flesh fights against him in fear. When I read through that passage, there's one part that almost seems strange, doesn't it? One guy shows up. And this guy doesn't have on the right clothes. <laughs> Does that not seem odd? Like, what's going on here? I mean, is it really? He didn't show up in the right clothes? And is the, does the punishment match the crime? I mean, what's, what's going on? Those of you who have been around for a while and heard me preach and heard me talk about garments, <laughs> Peggy's already shaking her head. She knows. She knows where I'm going with this. And I, and I say it every single time. Why? Because I want you to start seeing it. I want you to see it in Scripture every time you come across garments. Every single time clothing is mentioned in Scripture, it is a picture of the atonement. Why do I say that? What does the word atone mean? It means to cover it means to cover. When Adam and Eve saw themselves and were shameful, what did they do? They sought to cover themselves. They tried to cover themselves of their own works by going and sowing fig leaves. But it was insufficient. We cannot make atonement for ourselves. So what did Jesus do? What did the Lord do for Adam and Eve? Slaughtered an animal. Made a covering for them. It was the shedding of blood that made the atonement for Adam and Eve possible. And they were able to take that, that covering, that animal, and give it to them as a covering, as an atonement. So when we read this parable, and we see a guy who shows up, and the surface reading is like, what in the world? Why would they care that he shows up and is not wearing the right clothes? Listen, the wedding garment is a picture of the atonement of Christ. And he's looking at this guy and he's saying, look, what, what are you doing here? You can't be here. The only people who can be here are those who have covering and atonement given to them by Christ. That's it. We see it over and over and over in Scripture. Let me, let me give you one more example of some of, this, of, some of, some of the clothing that we see in Scripture let me give you one of the most misunderstood, because this is the one that your skeptics love to bring up, and Christians hear it, and they go, uh, I don't know what to do with that. The Old Testament 
tells us not to wear two, not to wear a garment made from two different sources. Seems odd, right? What do, why does the skeptic use that? The skeptic pulls that verse out and says, you know, you're wearing a 50-50 blend t-shirt, you sinner. You know, you're not even obeying the Old Testament. Why do we, why do you pick this verse that says, don't do this, and then you overlook this one that says, don't wear a garment with two sources? And I think that, that I know that the answer in that is this. The, the purpose in the Old Testament passage to say not to wear garments of two sources was to say this. There cannot be a blend or a combination of things that brings atonement. It is not by grace through faith and works that we're saved. It is by grace through faith alone that we are saved. We are saved by one, one, and only one atoning garment, and that's the garment of Christ. His shed blood is sufficient. When we try to add a second garment to it, we're trying to add works. We're trying to add something to that. We cannot do it. And the the Old Testament passage is saying you cannot and should not wear a garment with two sources because your salvation, your atonement does not come from two different places. It comes from one. Now, fast forward, New Testament. Do we obey that Old Testament law? Yes, here's how. It has been fulfilled through Christ. It's been fulfilled through Christ. Christ is saying, I am the one garment that brings atonement. That's it. And when you accept him, he covers you. He gives you the wedding garment that you need to be able to attend this wedding feast. So, if you have accepted Christ, you have a garment. One that is made of one and only one source, and that is Christ, the one who brings atonement. But unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to reject the nudging of the Holy Spirit when they're invited to this wedding. What about you? What about you? Have you accepted Christ? Have you given your life to him? If so, who are you investing in? It's time to get in work, to work in the vineyard. If not, then I invite you to, to come and, and speak with me or message me if you're watching online and let me know, and I would love to have a conversation with you to make sure that you know what it means to be forgiven. Oh, how I pray that you'll listen to his voice. One last thought, and then we're going to pray together. Ironically, it is the religious who will reject the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
don't just say yes, join him in the vineyard. Let's pray.